0: This episode of NLM podcast Nursing Edwin, the scholarship track. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Palacio, a member of the editorial board for the nursing education perspectives. Nursing Ed Emerging in our track entitled Scholarship Series celebrates the published work of Select Nursing Educators from NLM's official journal, Nursing Education Perspective, and the NLM Nursing Edge blog. The conversation embraces the author's unique perspective on teaching, learning, innovation, and the implications for nursing program development and enhancement. This episode is on the collaboration between nurse faculty members and nurses in all environments. We will discuss the author's article, the lived experience of death of to our U.S. nursing program graduates and their pathway to professional licensure, a phenomenological study. The discussion will focus on the unique findings of the author who published the manuscript and it will be published in the manuscript of November, December 2022, by 43 number six most of most Education respected. Our speaker today is Dr. Deborah Richardson, who is an associate professor of nursing at Golden State College and Well, welcome, Dr. Richardson. We're very happy to have you here today.
1: Thank you. I'm honored to be here.
0: So let's start by beginning with the summarization of your study and the four themes that emerged.
1: Yes, Um, I studied the lived experience of deferred action for childhood arrivals who are U.S. nursing program graduates and their paths to professional licensure. I don't know if it would be helpful to have a little more background for your readers.
0: I think so. I think if you wanted to talk a little bit about the four themes that emerged in your work and maybe briefly what interested you in this, what got you interested? Yeah.
1: Well, a lot of um, nursing faculty who speak with me about this were completely unaware of deferred action for childhood arrivals or its impact on nursing, nursing education, and the experience of the students and the nurses who are DACA recipients. Um, It may be important to know that in 1982, the Supreme Court um, ruled that laws denying K-12 education to undocumented children um, violated the Equal Access or Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. Um, 32 years after SCOTUS um, tasked Congress with creating a pathway for these children to, to receive some form of official presence. Um, Multiple drafts of the DREAM Act had failed in Congress, and these students, many of them honor students, were graduating from high school with no documented status. Sort of, they described themselves often as living in the shadows. Mm -hmm. Um, They couldn't get employment. They weren't um, authorized to drive a car. They couldn't get a driver's license. Um, and so higher education was nearly impossible for many of them. Um, because Congress failed to pass multiple drafts of what came to become, came to be known as the DREAM Act. Um, The Obama administration in 2012, 30 years after the SCOTUS ruling, um, created an executive action, deferred action for childhood arrivals, which essentially provides temporary relief from the threat of deportation, and it provides work authorization to certain undocumented young people. They have to meet very specific criteria as a result of DACA, many of these students were able to complete programs of nursing and become registered nurses. Um, however, some states continued to um, withhold licensure for DACA recipients, and um, some nursing programs um, refused to admit. DACA recipients to their programs. So increasingly, random news articles, um, uh, personal anecdotes were being published about this phenomenon, but I could find nothing about it in the nursing literature. There was no research related to DACA recipients and their pathways to nursing licensure So I got full board IRB approval for a descriptive phenomenological study. Um, Herculean Phenomenology framed my study and the analysis followed Kalazi's process of qualitative analysis. My main question was what is the lived experience of DACA recipients who are US nursing program graduates and have obtained professional licensure so the inclusion criteria for my purpose of sample was um, they must be undocumented immigrants who had received deferred action for childhood arrivals. They had to be a graduate of a U.S. nursing program, and they had to be licensed as a professional registered nurse. And this yielded a sample size of 17 um, which, of course, was determined by data analysis, um, additional interviews until the data were saturated. Um, the national sample of 17 participants um, resided in nine different states and represented each region of the United States.
0: Tell really us so about the four themes that emerged. <clears throat>
1: Sure, Um, I had to really focus in on my research question and focus on their becoming registered nurses, and so four overarching themes emerged that included pursuing the dream, finding support, figuring it out, and advocating for others. I found that pursuing the dream um, was not limited to careers in nursing. Mm-hmm. Um, participants tended to describe a dream of being valued, um, being respected as an individual. Imagine a lifetime of being called illegal. Um, just a, a term,
0: right? The stigma associated with
1: that. Yes. And so professional accomplishment was a means of uh, achieving that value. Um, I think one of the participants, Maya, explained it best. She said, as a DACA recipient, I felt like my humanity was always being questioned. But as I, a nurse, I
0: never yes, I thought, wow.
1: yes. And as a nurse, she felt that um, very fortunate that she could make therapeutic connections with patients, and that they were both able to see humanity in that. That were that was her specific um, phraseology that we could see humanity in that. Um, so pursuing the dream, of course, um, did involve nursing, but for. For many of the participants, nursing was not their first choice. Um, That actualization, uh, many of them began pursuing medicine or law, uh, MBAs, um, research degrees, scientists, and uh, teachers, educators. Um, But once they experienced that value of humanity, that is evident in nursing, Um, their goals changed and they wanted to become professional nurses. Receiving DACA, of course, was pivotal to that. Right. um, Because DACA made that possibility of becoming a nurse um, realizable. Um, Mia described her life before DACA, she said, I felt like I was stuck. It felt Mm -hmm. like my wings were cut off. I wanted to do so much and I knew my potential, but I was unable to do it because of a piece of paper. I am moved every time I read that quote um, because DACA provided for them a social security number Mm -hmm. Increased access to employment income, which of course they had to have to afford a higher education. And it just created a chance to fulfill their dream of becoming a nurse.
0: What would you suggest the suggestions you have from the educators wanting to support their graduate students?
1: Many of the participants spoke of the need for support. Um in addition to support that they found for um, overcoming fear, discouragement, defeat, uncertainty, um, the constant threat that if DACA went away, they could be deported. And then of course the threat that any member of their family could be deported, that separation, that constant fear of separation, Um, they had personal support systems and faith support systems, but many of them mentioned uh, support that they received from faculty, particularly uh, faculty who showed enough interest in them to encourage them to self divulge their status and thereby reveal the need for those additional resources.
0: So as an educator in, in, in my classroom, I have students that I recognize who have reported to me uh, their status. It sounds like listening and support are the things that they need the most from me as an educator. Is, uh, what, what kind of resources would, I, would be helpful for me to offer to those students?
1: It's important to know that despite having a social security number and paying state, local, and federal taxes, DACA recipients are exempt from federal funded student aid. So private scholarships, um, any campus resources as far as funding that you are aware of, um, there are several organizations who provide um. Scholarships that are not exclusive of DACA recipients. Um, so, if a nurse faculty member can just, you know, as you learn of things, create a list of these resources. Um, I get on mailing lists. So, some of these organizations will just send me an alert. Um, the applications for this scholarship are now open or will be open in February. And then I can forward that to students that I know could benefit from that additional funding. Um, It's also important to know that in many states, uh, DACA recipients pay out of state tuition. Um, They're often classified as non-resident aliens because of their lack of um, lawful presence, documented presence. And therefore they pay nearly three times the tuition that other students pay. So nursing faculty are encouraged to advocate for in-state tuition. These students pay the state tax that affords other residents in-state tuition. Um, It's just a matter of justice to also allow them in-state tuition.
0: You find this the biggest logistical challenge they face in nursing school is the financial piece and the access to the funding, the scholarships, et cetera. Um, or are there other logistical pieces that make it difficult for them to transfer the system?
1: There are other things that make make it difficult. Some clinical sites misunderstand that DACA recipients have social security numbers and authorization for employment. Um, there are programs of nursing um, who also misunderstand mm-hmm. that DACA recipients can attend clinical. Um, so um, I found a few university websites that actually had a, a disclaimer for DACA recipients not to apply because they couldn't be licensed in that state. It's very important for nurse faculty to remember that the National Council of State Boards of Nursing um, is a national organization. NCLEX is a nationally standardized exam. And unless we exclude every student who may choose to become licensed in another state, it's unethical to exclude students from our programs who may be required to become licensed in another state.
0: So, a lot of misinformation out there. Yes. How is the nurse educator, how would you suggest a educator impact that at the policy level, at the local, state, federal level, if they were so interested? What could I do locally? In my community to help impact policy or do I have to go more towards the federal level?
1: First, at that local level, nurse faculty need to advocate, advocate against dehumanizing language. For example, we should eliminate the word illegal mm-hmm. from our vocabulary in reference to human beings. Actions are unlawful never never individuals. And you know that value of people and respect for individuals is what draws some DACA recipients to nursing. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's implicit for us to ensure that those values are manifested in our programs of nursing. We know that FERPA restricts how much we can ask. Um, it prevents us from asking about um, status of any kind. Um, but it also protects the students from um, us sharing that information with a third party, such as clinical sites. Um, so clinical sites could be made to understand that they contract with the school and students have um, a valid social security number, they have um, work authorization. Um, So the clinical institutions don't necessarily need to know the student's documentation of um, immigration status or the lack thereof. Um, So communicating with clinical sites is important. FERPA also doesn't and minimize our obligation to know which students may need additional resources. So we need to create environments within our nursing programs that make DACA recipients and other students feel comfortable and safe so that they can share whatever barriers they may need help with and then allow us to, to help them find resources to overcome those barriers.
0: But doing what we should be doing at mental education is <clears throat> creating a warm, welcoming, non mental environment where you can feel safe or focused for many varieties of, of issues and topics. This being one of them.
1: Exactly. Treat them like individuals. the The wonderful mind, body, and spirit that they are. Um, get to know them, make them feel comfortable so that they can share with us their needs.
0: Where are we at 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 the latest policy level, at the federal level, with that And is there any movement in that area?
1: Currently, um, DACA authorization is being renewed for those who already have deferred action for childhood arrivals. Um, But because of a, a... Texas appeal of the program, Um, they are not currently taking new applications. And I don't know about other states, but in in Georgia um, statewide, there is a reduction in students applying to college, students returning to college. Um, And so we need to advocate so that these students who are now graduating from high school, and they're in the same situation that many of these nurses found themselves in in 2012 and before um, before deferred action for childhood arrivals. You know, when I read Mia's quote, I think of all the, all the students who are graduating now who feel like their wings are clipped, who feel stuck, who know their potential. Um, Many of them are offered scholarships, both academics and sports related. And then those offers are withdrawn when their status is revealed. That has to be heartbreaking. Um, So at the federal level, we can advocate not only for DACA, because DACA remains a temporary solution Um, Applicants have to reapply every two years. In fact, they're encouraged to apply six months before their uh, DACA certification expires, which, you know, when you think of it like our nursing license, it's like, oh, well, they just have to apply early. But Mm -hmm. unlike our nursing licenses, If they apply six months early and for some reason their paperwork goes through without a hitch, um, their next two year cycle begins the day they receive their authorization. So they may become authorized every 18 to 20 months rather than every two years. Um, One of the nurses I interviewed was an experienced obstetrics nurse In the midst of a pandemic, she was a frontline worker and she was motivated to respond to my invitation because she had received notice that she had two more weeks of employment. If her DACA DACA authorization, which she had applied for over six months earlier, did not come through, This was an experienced nurse in a nursing shortage in the midst of a pandemic, and she was gonna be unemployed because of this paperwork. DACA, Mm -hmm. yes, it's just inconceivable to me. DACA also doesn't provide any path to citizenship, any path to um, permanent residency, it doesn't provide any documentation of lawful presence. So with the tenuous um, situation with DACA right now, I'm reading um, and receiving calls from nurses who are considering um, applying for license in other countries like Canada, for example, And we really just can't afford to lose these experienced nurses simply because Congress has failed to pass permanent legislation, a Clean Dream Act that will provide these students who came to our country under no volition of their own. They don't remember living anywhere
0: else. Right. Uh,
1: Most of them. Yes. Right. most of the participants in my study arrived before age four. So for senators to tell them, go back to your home country and yeah. follow the current rules, um, it's impractical for them. And it's devastating to us because they are nurses. We don't and want them to go somewhere else.
0: They carry this terrible stigma with them throughout. It's a stigma because that's how people have defined it. Carry that with them throughout their life and their career. And these are basically kids who don't know any difference. They've been here their whole life. You know? It's, it's, yeah. what, what is, what's your main takeaway for us? What would you like us to take away from the work uh, leading this podcast today?
1: I think two main takeaways. We all know that research informs advocacy. And to my knowledge, my study is the first nursing research done among this population. We also know that evidence motivates change and as nurse educators, we're obligated to be leaders and change agents. Um, So I would like to see more research, particularly disaggregation of DACA recipients data from other healthcare professions, as well as from other minority um, nursing populations. For example, um, I think a great study would be how DACA recipients data differs from other um, English as second or other language Um, candidates' performance on standardized tests because these students have attended the same K-12 education that citizen nursing students have attended. Um, They don't have the same barriers. So differentiating and, and disaggregating their data, I think would help us evidence the impact that these nurses have on our profession, um, as far as diversity, um, age, the median age of the population in my sample was 26. We need a younger nursing workforce. Um, Yeah, Um, I had four nations of origin, Mexico, Uruguay, the Philippines and Korea uh, were represented in my small sample, so I can only imagine the diversity among thousands of DACA recipients mm-hmm. who have become nurses.
0: So I uh, tell you, what was so interesting is when I saw your article, and, um, because I haven't seen anything about this topic discussed before in the nursing literature. And so I, I, I appreciate you so much doing this work and bringing it to our attention. And I, I think it's a, a great need for those who are joining the project who haven't read it yet. And it's a great reminder on uh, how we always remember to humanize our students and really understand their lived experiences. And what is our role in helping them that journey through mission school is goes sometimes beyond the mission content itself, right? And i right. taking a more active role, myself included, and better understanding some of these good experiences of these students and how we best can assist them. Yes. And again, for our listeners, if you have not had the opportunity to read about this work, you will find the manuscript published in nursing education perspectives for Lived experience of back residents or for our U.S. nursing program graduates, and to their to professional licenses, a phenomenological study. And it will be published in hard copy in the November-December issue by employee number six of Education Perspective. And I want to thank all of you for joining us for this podcast. Have a wonderful rest of your day.